Your pen, you ready? It describes what was pens. It was iron. It was firm. It was mineral. Hey, I think we got one. This is Holmes. And this is Thomas. And welcome to Sitting on the Bench. All right. Welcome back to Sitting on a Bench. Um, word of warning, <laughs> we do not know where Holmes went, so he's not here. <laughs> but we do have some guests, so introduce yourselves. Okay. My name's Paige. It's an honor. Wow. <laughs> how uh, discreet of you. What would you like to know about me? What, how should I... Where you're from. Okay. I'm from a town called Prescott, Arizona. Oh. <laughs> It's in northern Arizona. I'm a student at BYU. I study history. Yeet. Oh, yeah. American history is my specialty. So that's kind. Hey, there's no other kind of history other than American history. History started in history. 1776. <laughs> Ron Swanson, buddy. Um, I'm Landon. I'm a returning guest. I'm excited to be back. Perfect. So I'm just going to set the scene real quick. Um, so we were discussing with others, our podcast, as you do, and uh, we learned something about some people that surprised us, and one of the things we learned about Sweet Innocent Paige was that she loves aliens. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I love aliens. (laughs) And we would have never guessed that, so today we want to discuss aliens and obviously, I think uh, some of us here are less believing than others. It's true. And you probably guess who. To quote the, Michael, the great Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Okay? Something like that. Hmm. But, yeah, I'm a little bit more skeptical than most people. Um, I guess we'll get into than that later. Than most people? Than most people that we've discussed this topic with already. How I think many... we just believe in aliens Without any real thought in it, you know? How many... Whoa. Shots <laughs> fired. How, how many Americans do you think believe in the existence of aliens? Do you know? No, you know? Should I look it up? Look it up! Okay, just off the top <laughs> of my like head, I, I would somewhere. say 45-50%, to 50%, probably. 45-50%. to 50%. Okay, let's see. Just awkward silence. <laughs> so um, we can fill it with... Chatter. Oh, okay. This is from Insider. Great source. Good source. Okay. Season for most of my essays. All right, let's see. Business Insider. Um, 20% believed that extraterrestrials have visited Earth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this Americans? Yes. Whoa. Wait, let me see. What's the sample size? (laughs) Wait, is it? Yes, it's Americans. uh, A thousand. Oh. And it's getting pretty I'm close. Trying to see if it says anything about because I feel like a lot more people probably just believe. Yeah, like I believe like that they're out there. But I don't think they came to Earth. Yeah. So All I would right. be included. Um. Oh wait. Okay. And this is a different poll. A 2018 poll conducted by the Economist and YouGov found that 35% of U.S. adults think that aliens have landed on Earth. That's pretty high. Interesting. So I they've say, landed on Earth. Yes. So I would say most people probably believe in extraterrestrial life. You know, in some... (laughs) (laughs) Landon! In some capacity. At least, I mean, and there's a difference too between 
just extraterrestrial life, like unintelligent life. Sorry. Let's um let's go first real quick and let's define okay. what extraterrestrial even means. Okay. By my good friend Miriam Webster, who said the extraterrestrial extraterrestrial is defined as originating, existing, or occurring outside the Earth or its atmosphere. So basically anything not originating from Earth. So meteorite, aliens, <laughs> yep. rocks. That covers it. Okay. And define life. And potential life. <laughs> oh, define life? It's okay. I think we know what life is. So yeah. if it moves on its own and it grows and it is able to It's like bio- reproduce. biology, there are some, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Criteria for life. So let's go around real quick and let's just say our basic opinions and then okay. we'll dive into some evidence. All right. Go for it, Landon. Shall I start? (laughs) Okay. Perfect. I believe that extraterrestrial life does exist, um, at least in its most basic form, and I do believe that intelligent extraterrestrial life exists. I do not think that it is probable that they have visited or landed on Earth. Mm Okay. Okay. I would say I'm actually pretty much the same as you, except I think that it, I, I mean, it could go either way for me. If I found out that aliens have visited the earth, not, I would not be surprised. But I would also not be surprised if they never came. Hmm. Interesting. Could go either way. You just put yourself in a no-lose scenario. You have to pick a side. Pick a side. I win, took a risk. Win, win, win. You win, I win, we all win. We all win with that. Um... So my, I, well, I'm surprised. I thought we were more different. Not gonna lie, oh. I thought Landon was way anti. But uh, yeah, so I believe <laughs> be more anti if you want. I let me rephrase this. I believe in the possibility of extraterrestrial life. I believe that statistically speaking, there's like a 99.999.99% chance that intelligent extraterrestrial life exists in the planet, in the Earth, so not in the Earth, in space, <laughs> in space, in the universe. So you're saying there's a chance? Yes. Okay. Um, but I don't think that they ever visited the Earth. Mm. I think that's ridiculous. Oh, I think we would know for sure if they did. Because, hmm. I mean, look at it. What is the evidence for that? You have the Great Pyramids, right? <laughs> Why would there not be more hieroglyphs of things? Why would we not have passed it along more? That's true. Because, I mean, we already know a lot about ancient Egyptian culture and history. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if something as big as great as freaking aliens... Coming from their spaceships to help build a giant pyramid, I think we would know. Yeah. Have you seen Ancient Aliens, that show? That show is ridiculous. I haven't ever seen it. Ridiculously (laughs) good. I haven't ever seen it, but I was looking at the Wikipedia page and, like, looking at the synopsis for all of the episodes. It's so funny. We've done our research, apparently. (laughs) It's so funny, some of the things that they claim. Well, and there's also, like, Stonehenge, right? Stonehenge, yeah. And that's still mysterious, but I think we can explain that with, like, the same way the Mayans Mm -hmm. figured stuff out. There are some things that in the past, though, that are so, like, sketchy on how people figured out. The Nazca you know, the pyramids lines. get me. The Nazca lines. That's The Nazca lines are what get me. Tell me about that. Do you know what they are? I don't think I know. So I'm going to pull up a picture real quick. So basically, the Nazca lines are in, like, the desert of Peru. Um, and there are these huge <coughs> drawings of, like, animals and stuff in the middle of the desert that are, like, massive. And you can only see them from, like, airplanes. And stuff. Hmm. And so the question is... Interesting. And so the question, like how? The question is, well, first off, how did they do it? And how did they know what they were drawing if they could only see it from space? Or, or from why? Air? And look at that one. That's... 
It's an alien right there. So yeah, they have like birds. Oh, There's a monkey. That's a that freaking monkey. That is very interesting. And so I think that to me is the most fascinating piece. Hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know. I think that's the most interesting to me, but I still don't think it's necessarily aliens. It's true. I mean, there could be other. <clears throat> there could be other. I'm not saying it'd be easy. But I think it's possible that that is without the help of extraterrestrials. Yeah. I think as long as we're looking for proof or at least evidence that extraterrestrials have visited Earth, I don't think ancient monuments are our best source for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really There's think There's just too many either. ways that people... People are very intelligent. We've proven that throughout history. Um, mankind finds ways to get things done, whether it's building the pyramids or putting down the Nazca lines. There's a lot of ancient religions, ancient cultures that we have to take into account when we're looking at the why. And as for the how, it's just basic mathematics and mechanics. I think they're able to get a lot of that stuff done. Hmm. Interesting. So what do you think are the most convincing modern pieces of evidence? If there's any. Modern pieces of evidence? If there is any. I don't know. So, here we go. <laughs> what do you think? I know you, you have an opinion. <laughs> I do have an opinion. So I think for me, the biggest piece of evidence is just statistics. Um, cause true, you, you true, yes. The I think that's billion, true. Billion thing. Okay, let me look up the stats. Okay, so... Um, okay, let's see. Where did I put that? So there was a November 2013 study from Kepler Space Telescope. That's a big boy. Big boy. So they said in the observable universe, they like scientists kind of, um, they're not sure how many sun-like stars there are, Mm -hmm. but they say that the low estimates are that there are 500 billion billion sun-like stars. And that's a lot of sun-like stars. And it says, that a low guess is that one in five of these sun-like stars have an Earth-sized planet orbiting in the habitable region. Woof. That is a lot of Earth-like planets out there. That's a lot of potential. Sorry, I missed that on the X-Files. You missed the cue. You missed the cue, Landon. I was enthralled by the statistic. I was thinking. I think it's interesting as well. So there's this thing called the Drake Equation. And the Drake Equation is used to estimate the number of active, communicative extraterrestrial life in the Milky Way galaxy. So that just means, how I interpret that is I interpret communicative as in, like, they can communicate with themselves and potentially other species. Mm. They have the ability to. Not that they are right now, but they have the ability to. Mm -hmm. And so it was found out as a conservative estimate to have 10,000, like, species that could possibly have that in the Milky Mm -hmm. Way galaxy itself. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a very theoretical equation. No, of I've course. I've looked at that, too. There's just no way for us to really know how many habitable planets with water, with the necessary elements for carbon-based life forms, exist in the Milky Way galaxy. It's all very rough estimates that's when we're true. talking about statistics like this. Well, the thing that also I find interesting is, like, the Goldilocks zone, or mm-hmm. as the scientists call it, the circumstellar... Habitable zone is the technical oh. term for it. Good words. So. Good words. That was good. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Um, and that is what blows my mind is that there are billions and billions of planets that reside within that. And so right now I have a little graph 
that shows the optimistic habitable zone. This is just like within our little neck of the woods, right? Mm. Within our stellar neighborhood, right? And they have a conservative habitable zone. And it blows my mind just the percentage of more that are in the conservative versus the optimistic. Hmm. And like, so the, the things that have to have for life is obviously water, distance from their star, um, gravity, like atmosphere, stuff like that. And I think the thing that gets people a lot is when they think of um, something that you can possibly habit or like place that life could be is it has to look like Earth. But I don't think that's true. I think you can have a really big planet, a really little planet. I, I just think it has to have those things, but not necessarily has to, like, use it in the way that we see it on Earth, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, the numbers are just so overwhelming. I think that most scientists, wouldn't you agree, like, probably think that there's life. Oh, I think that like, for sure. And so, but it's just, yeah, like intelligent life i mean there's just so many yeah there's a difference between intelligent life and life yeah because life i mean there's we found evidence of microbes on mars we found evidence of microbes like in the moons around jupiter probably yeah um and so i don't know yeah and they're like earth is such an old planet and life has only existed in such a small percentage of earth's life that all of these planets that could have life like if they have life right now, that is another question. That's true. Well, I think we've kind of strayed back into where we all agree that there is at least single cellular or basic life and very probably intelligent life in the universe, in our galaxy. Um, but other than statistics, are there any good pieces of evidence that aliens have visited the Earth? Have visited? Have visited the Earth. That's kind of what we were talking about when we, when we went off the on Fermi this. The Fermi Paradox. That's Are interesting. Are we going one. in there? We can go in there. All right. It sounds... Let's do the Fermi Paradox. Um, do you want to explain what it is? I don't really know if I understand it great, but okay. I'll try. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So oh, the Fermi Paradox... What? Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> You're not like you don't already. Um, so the Fermi Paradox is was thought up of the scientist but I think his name was Enrique Fermi. I, I think he's like Italian or something. Anywho, really famous scientist. And basically he was looking at statistics again and he was saying that it is insane that we have not communicated with another intelligent species and they have not communicated with us. So that's the paradox is we should have at this point have been in contact with an alien species but we haven't. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. No, I see no need for correction there. Or, yeah, you that's the basic, right. Good. The bare bones <laughs> of the thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So basically, this paradox kind of turns our statistical argument on its head in saying, well, if there is such a statistically high probability of why haven't life, we? why haven't we found proof? Yeah. Or more evidence than crashed hot air balloons in New Mexico and... Uh, Secret military Lights. base in Nevada and grainy Phoenix. pictures. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Tell me about the Phoenix okay, Lights. Okay, okay. Phoenix Lights. Actually, I've after we talked this, about I'm that, excited. I realized, like, I think the ones that you were talking about, I was. I didn't see. Um, okay, so in Phoenix, I'll just... So this was in 1997, so I wouldn't have remembered that because I was really young. Mm-hmm. Ditto. Um, but there were unidentified flying objects observed in the skies over Arizona, UFOs, Nevada, call them. and <laughs> Hold on. I have, I have, Mexico. I hate the term UFO. 
Okay, I retract my UFO statement. <laughs> Just because people take the word UFO and automatically associate it with aliens. Yeah. But at its very definition, it means an unidentified flying object. Something that you don't know what it is in the sky. So just because it's something you don't exactly know right away when you see it does not mean it's an alien. Sorry. Continue. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> so look, I'm just I'm on the Wikipedia page, so that I love Wikipedia. I get it right. Okay, so um, I believe in Wikipedia. <laughs> I do too. It's Every, so good. Everything's Wikipedia. It's such a bad rap, but it's pretty good. Next podcast, we'll talk about the benefits of Wikipedia. For now, let's let's say focus on the Arizona okay, lights. Okay, the Arizona lights, <laughs> the Phoenix lights. Phoenix okay. lights. So thousands of people in those regions saw a triangular formation of lights passing over the state and stationary lights seen over Phoenix specifically. And um, it says, witnesses claim to have observed a huge carpenter square-shaped UFO. What's a carpenter's square? I don't know. I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, anyways, people don't really know what that, that was. It was a big, big deal. Um, I realized I saw, the lights I saw, I think were the 2007, Wait, what? 2008 ones. You've seen these? I have seen lights. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've seen UFOs. <laughs> and you've seen them when you weren't one year old. Yes. Maybe, when you were yeah, old so, enough. Yeah, so, because I told you I saw, like, saw the Phoenix lights. Yeah, I remember seeing there was lights over Phoenix that... None of us knew what they were. And, but it says on the Wikipedia page that um, an Air Force base said that they were flares. Flares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, explanation for that one. But the one from 1997, it looks more like people don't really know what they were. The thing I think is interesting about this is if you look at most, um, like, UFO sightings, um, it's usually like by one or two people. So not a big group of people. Mm -hmm. But the thing that makes this one is really interesting is it was seen by like thousands of people. Thousands yeah. of independent reports of this, which I think makes it a little more valid as evidence. More credible. Yeah. So basically, I think this is our biggest piece of evidence. Not necessarily the Phoenix Lights in specifically, but um, lights and unidentified flying objects and other strange occurrences in the sky that one or two people, small groups of people see, they take low quality photographs of it's them. It's always, it's always a low quality photograph. There's never, it's like, if you talk Bigfoot, if you talk Nessie, if you talk stuff like this, there's never a good picture. It's like, hello, we live in 2019. Everyone has like a freaking good camera on their phone. Why don't you use it? Why are we still stuck using film from 1997? I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys want... Okay, this is kind of a tangent. I love tangents. Um, there was this guy in my research for this. Oh. I saw that there's this guy that claims to be a time traveler. Oh, god. From like 2030. Been there, And says that, that, um, that there was an alien invasion. There's going to be an alien invasion. When did he say? Um, I think he said... When does he say? Um... I think he said that aliens are already here. Like, they're already here. But I can't remember when he said the aliens. You don't know what one of my favorite but, things is? But the funny thing is, he passed a lie detector test. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, but lie detector tests aren't really all that accurate. It's true. 
Well, Plus we, we, we have other. A, they're not. They, they can't be upheld in court true. of law. People, people can. They can't be upheld in court of law. Yeah. They're not. That's true. Admissible. They're not infallible. Yeah. But I thought that was funny. Plus, but, there are other time travelers that have told different accounts. The Jonas Brothers, for example, came from the year three thousand. Told something completely different. About their great 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 granddaughter. Yeah, well, something. She like was that. doing fine. I heard. And the whole yeah. world's underwater. I That's mean, true. Something yeah. like that. Because of global warming or aliens, <laughs> alien attacks oh. of twenty twenty five. Oh man! But one of my favorite things with these people who like do crazy apocalyptic dates and give you a specific date, I love it when the date passes. It's like, oh, wait, just kidding. I calculated it wrong. It's like, no, you did not. You're just an idiot. So I love that. Oof. But it's interesting. It's interesting that they might already be among us. And I think one of the big questions that we have to deal with when we're thinking about these strange occurrences over Earth is does the government know more than we do? Because a lot of it comes down mm-hmm. to the government side of the story. Uh, a weather balloon crashes or there's nothing going on at a secret base other than documents. Versus the widely publicized side of the story, which is that an alien crashed there doing extraterrestrial experiments. So here's what I think. First off, I think the government can do whatever they want. (laughs) I love the government. I'm pro-government. Like, I think they're great. Well, there's always flaws. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Let's just say that the governmental structure. What I'm saying. Yes. There you go. In theory. The theory. You're not an anarchist. No. Okay. Thank you. Well, not most most days. (laughs) Depends on what I'm feeling. Um, Anywho, I think the government has the the capabilities, it has the power, it has the infrastructure, it has the money, the influence to do whatever they want, right? No matter what it is, they can do whatever they want. Um, and that being said, so that's one end of the spectrum. And the other end of the spectrum is I think that the government also has a responsibility to um, keep people calm. Because if you have an event mm-hmm. like the Phoenix Lights, of course people are going to go crazy. People are going to freak out. And so I think part of the government's responsibility is to calm everyone down and to provide a logical explanation. So I think that nine times out of ten what the government tells you is true. But I also believe that there are covert government operations that we do not know yeah. about mm-hmm. that would just blow our minds because they can do anything that they want in the name of national security. Yeah. So where do you, what's your opinion on government knowing about aliens then? Um, you don't believe that they know like anything well, other than we do? I, that's a great question. Actually. I don't know what I think. I think that there's like, I think that if anyone was to know of the existence of aliens, yeah. it would be the government, yeah. specifically the U S government. Mm-hmm. In that matter, um, and I don't know. I just I feel like if anyone wants to know about it, it would be them. Yeah. Also, though, they would be able to cover it up great. Like Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. they can use that. My here's my theory about Area Fifty One. Are you ready for this? Yes. Is I don't think Area Fifty One has anything to do with aliens. I don't either. I think it's literally just a normal like Air Force base, but they use it as a cover to uh, keep their other secret bases hidden. Oh, so I'm sure, interesting. Well, I'm not saying like alien bases, but yeah. bases where they do like top secret stuff that if the public found out, there'd be like riots and people would be really upset. Yeah. So I think that they have like secret, I don't want to say bases, but like just like top secret military installations in which they like do R&D, where they do development, weapons testing and all that stuff. That Wait, you don't think they do it at Area 51? I think Area 51 is either just a normal Air Force base. Mm-hmm. Or 
low level weapons testing. Stuff yeah, that's... I think it's like weapons testing. That's what I think. Have you ever seen of a map of um, who owns Nevada? No. No. It's fascinating. Um, basically, what it is, it's like the majority of Nevada is owned by the U.S. government. Wow. Yeah, eighty-one point one percent of the land of Nevada is owned by the government. Oh my gosh! That's a lot of aliens. Um, keep there. <laughs> and so, like, if you open up like a map of like how it's broken up, I don't like how cool those pictures anymore. Oh, this map. Um. Yeah, awkward silence. We love it. Well, well, it's... For our listeners at home, this is a very fascinating map. Yeah, it's okay. So I hope you can see it in our words. Wow. Here's like Vegas. Like Vegas? Nevada owns everything. Like Nellis Air Force Base is in Vegas itself. Um, but... Hi. Hey, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I won! <laughs> so uh, we had a bet uh, amongst our roommates what time our other roommate would get home. And uh, Landon lost by like 10 minutes. 12 minutes. I lost by 12 minutes. I said 9.30. It's 9.42 right welcome now. Home. Well, Thank you. You welcome home. Welcome hey, home. Curtis. How are you? Um, hold on. We're going to do a little faster. break real quick. Oh, it's oh. And welcome back. Uh, we just had a little bit of a, uh interruption by our good friend, uh, Curtis Calderwood, who just came home from his Thanksgiving break. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, happy Turkey Day a couple days ago. Anywho. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to ask you a few questions just while we while you're here, and we know that you don't feel comfortable. Like we know that you don't feel like you have a lot of knowledge or big opinion about this, but we just wanted to hear because we love you. That's great. We support you. Thank you. So Lennon, uh, are you gonna ask him? Yeah, the three basic questions that we all started with go as follows. First, is there intelligent life <laughs> other than us in the universe? Um, well, no, I guess that's second, huh? First, is there life other than us in Let's the universe? Let's ask him one at a time so we can answer so he doesn't forget all the questions. All right, first, okay. is there life other than us in the universe? Yes. Correct. Oh. Do, <laughs> Do you want to expound on that at all? Extrapolate a little bit. I think there is, um, life on Mars. Well, I What kind of life? Um, like little green men? Little, not little green men, but oh. definitely like, like animals, animals? Like, organisms. Little. They have cells. Define organism. Like, like microorganisms. Like bacteria. Bacteria. Okay, so. that's more believable. Okay. So you threw me for a loop there. I was scared. <laughs> but I also do believe that these organisms are not done evolving. Um. I just think it's a slower process, and they will evolve, and could turn into little green men. Not oh. if we take them out first. You don't need competition in this solar system. Go, um. <laughs> okay, what about intelligent life? Not necessarily in the solar oh. system, but in just... In the universe. In the universe. Absolutely. They're out there. Um, I think we have a very finite understanding of our universe. Good word. And then you take that outside of our universe, and it's, it's a very large, large world, one might say. <laughs> No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Although the universe tends to be a little bit universal, so outside of the universe <laughs> might be hard to find. That was good. But that was good. I do agree that. I do five out of ten. <laughs> that was not a joke. Oh, awkward. <laughs> so five out of ten is more than I expected. All right, last question. Has intelligent life visited Earth? Flown by to examine us. Any time in the history of mankind. I do. I believe life has come to Earth. Does it have to be intelligent? (laughs) Intelligent? 
I think it would be uh, hard for. I guess. Oh. 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 <laughs> I think. Terrible, we got little microorganisms. I do <laughs> believe we've had microorganisms come from perhaps meteorites. Well, think about this real quick. Whoa. What if you got an illness? From another planet. <laughs> oh. Oh, that would be kind of cool. No, that's a thought. But you'd probably die. I don't think the, other, the illness from the other planet would be able to find us as a host at all. You know, there's just no reason for it to have evolved. Well, if it came from a carbon-based planet, yes, I think it could infect us. But if it came from any other base planet, probably not. Right. It's a good hypothetical. Maybe not. For tonight. Do you know what? Or maybe for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Um. Uh, yes, I. I think we have found little organisms. Um. Do you have evidence for that? I. We don't have evidence. I believe that they're hiding it from us, the government. <laughs> oh. You sound like you're a representative. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So oh, like you think the government is hiding aliens from us or but, alien but, microorganisms? I believe so. Yes. Where? Area 51. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. We were just talking about Area 51 right before you walked in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Okay. And I don't think it's because they're trying to hide it from us. I just think they would rather have a greater understanding of what's out there before revealing it to the public. Ooh, or, that's an interesting question. Do you think the government it? has the right oh. to reveal stuff like this to its citizens? The right or the obligation? Like if an alien came. Does the government Would have... they hide it from us? Before exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. I think they would. They totally would. Well, then at what point... But is that... Is that... Whose right is that? Do we not have the Freedom of Information Act? Do we? I don't think we have a right to know everything that comes through like that. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that's true. Like, we don't know about... We didn't know about, like, SEAL Team 6 before... Yeah. They went hard and fake. You know what I learned the other day? Fun fact. The president has the right and the power to dis... To unclassify anything Mm -hmm. that he wants. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to talk to anyone about it. He can just say it and Kate, it's unclassified. Like, the Trump dog. Trump totally would. Wouldn't he? He did. Oh, He's already but done I it. I mean, like, with aliens, Trump totally Absolutely. would tell everybody. I don't know. I feel like he's a skeptic. Even if he saw evidence, he wouldn't believe in it. Mm. Have you ever seen National Treasure 2? No. Yes. The President's Secret Book. Oh, it's out there. Curtis, what is it? You're like, uh, where is this where, coming from? What, uh, my whole time, you're like, we've never talked about this? You're our local skeptic. I thought you, I would have never, you, usually you're the level-headed one. <laughs> what do you, yeah, okay, I know, you can't I just know, make no, a comment no, like that. What about intelligent life, Curtis? Has intelligent life visited our planet? This is the big one. Did it help us build the pyramids? I don't think so. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Those are some interesting opinions. Thank you. I like them. I like, I like you a lot, kid. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for letting me be on your For show. those of you who are just listening, Curtis has a great flower tie on right now. It's just really lovely. I thought I should mention yes, that. Yes, he's still dressed up, and it's uh, 9.53 p.m. on a Sunday. So. Thank you. Thank you. Overachiever. Yes. <laughs> Any other comments? No. Kurt? no he just wants you. to get out of here. Get out of here. Thanks. Thank audience. you. Thanks, audience. Hmm. Paka. <laughs> well, that was not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Where do we go from there? Um, fun little thing that I saw online the other day. I think it was Business Insider, but don't quote me on that. We just love that. That's our... Business Insider has said a lot about aliens. I'm surprised. I, I thought it was pretty level. I saw an interview with Edward Snowden. Ooh. 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 He was high in the CIA, I believe. And he was specifically asked about if the CIA was hiding aliens. He said in all of his searching, with his level of clearance, he never found anything 
How high was his clearance? Okay. It's high enough to reveal some pretty nasty national secrets. But I guess obviously not the highest. Yeah. Would my my on my opinion is I don't think that intelligent life has contacted the earth at least like recently. What? No. I don't think like so I don't think there is any I don't think our government is like hiding anything about aliens. I think our government really So you think that they visited in the past then? I think it's possible. That's one of the solutions to or like one of the things with the Fermi paradox that some people say is that it's possible that intelligent life has visited the earth, but it could have been before humans. Humans, yeah. Huh. It's true. Just think about the universal time span where the universe is supposedly what, eleven billion years old? Uh yeah, eleven point seven something like that. The earth is four billion years old. Humans have been around for six thousand years, baby. <laughs> so humans have been around for about a hundred thousand years in a form at least where they could so, sorry, make part. Like the universe is roughly 13.7 billion years old. And the U.S. has been around for like 200 years. <laughs> so the odds of aliens visiting us in that tiny, tiny blip in human history, and then the U.S. government finding them and keeping them locked up, statistics again works against us in this one. That's actually a really good point. Unless they're constantly visiting. I think as, hu- as intelligent humans, well, quote-unquote intelligent, we're really not that smart, but... As intelligent life species of humans, I think we're very prideful in assuming that all the big stuff is going to happen to us, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is fascinating. Also, something I was thinking about the other day is I feel like in every space movie, everything that has to do with aliens that you see in the media, um, <laughs> Curtis has put away cereal, don't mind him. <laughs> anyway, whenever we like... Whenever, like, um, the humans come in contact with aliens, they always classify the whole planet as one species, which I think is wrong. Because you think that, like, yeah. the biodiversity of Earth is incredible. And then, like, even when we're just, like, looking at humans, we have, like, hundreds of different factions of nationalities, of countries, of ethnicities. And so I think we can't just... There's no... We can't, like, umbrella them all into one general thing. It's true. Which I think will be our downfall. Oh. Because what if you have good aliens and nice aliens that come from the same place? <laughs> good aliens and wait and bad aliens. You mean okay? Yeah. Like, you mean good and bad? Like there's there could be good aliens that want to help us and bad aliens that want to destroy us that come uh-huh. from the same place, same species, same planet, uh-huh. same neighborhood. Hmm. Mm. Oh. I don't know. Just a thought. Interesting. Huh. That's interesting. I wonder, okay, we all have, like, conscience, like, conscience, right? Like, our intelligent life, we, like, we want to do good. So is intelligence... Okay. Is that, like, a law? Wait, or, what? Like, like, do you think all intelligent life, then, would have a conscience? Like, would they be inclined to do good? What's the definition of a conscience? Like, morals, like... Would all aliens morality. have morals? Morality. <laughs> Uh, I think that it would be based on their own society and culture. Even within cultures and time periods in the United, in, in um, the world, uh, there's just so many different definitions <laughs> of what's right and what's wrong. That's true. I don't think they would. I think they would have some rules that govern their interactions with each other and with other species. But there's so no s- guarantee that it would be anything like our rules. So you're saying morality is relative. Morality is relative to the society in which it came from. 
Hmm. I don't know if no. I... Co- I don't completely agree with that. Well, I'm not it. necessarily saying morality is but relative. Anyways, I'm yeah. just saying people follow different rules. Here's the rub. That's true. Do I have your consent to rub you? Curtis uh, is Intellectually, only. We cannot and must not legislate morality. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anyway, sorry, that was a really random thought. It no, just came to mind. well, I was thinking about it though. Morality, I feel like, is defined by the people who are in charge at the time. Like, if you just take a, a, an example from recent history, in World War II, the Holocaust, mm-hmm. Hitler made it so that everyone viewed the Jewish people as bad or as evil. Same thing with the gypsies, with gay people, with yeah. different, you know, political enemies. And he turned everyone against him, including the children. In the, you know, 1800s, 1700s, we had slavery, which is viewed as perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. But if you start doing that again now and start the Atlantic slave trade again, people would be very upset. And so I think that morality and the ethics and morals that come from it originate from the society in which it came, right? So I think that, like, if you go to an alien species planet, they might not view killing other species as bad or it's killing true. themselves as bad. It's true. Whereas we inherently do. But that hasn't stopped us from doing it. That's true. Okay, I agree. I <laughs> Sorry, I this agree. is like I so... We just went way off. I love it! No, I want, I, love make it. My, I want to make my position clear on this. Because when I say morality is relative, I'm thinking more what you're thinking, okay. Thomas. Which is that um, the moral relativism comes from their viewpoint. I think there is... A natural right and wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that applies... Do you think the natural right and wrong applies to every species ever in the given universe? I think every intelligent species. I think I disagree with that. Okay, well... I think I agree with Landon. Thank you, Paige. (laughs) Dang it. I don't know. But, yeah, anyways... Where, where, <laughs> where are we going with this? Um, Area 51, Curtis. I don't know. Can't legislate <laughs> morals. Government. <laughs> talking about if they visited. Oh, um, yeah. Do, do we want to... Yeah, is there anything... So, like, do you think the government would cover up, I guess is the question. The government would cover up, I think. Yes. Interesting. Have they covered up? I don't Ooh. know. Most likely, I don't think so. If but they did, they're doing their job you know right. They could have. Yeah. They could have. I don't think they've covered up anything major. I think they might have slightly more evidence towards extraterrestrial life than what we have, but I don't think they have anything sort of... I don't think they have anything close to proof. Do you know what has always fascinated me? It's like, have you heard of like the Voyager spacecraft? Uh, yes. So, uh, I've heard of it, yeah. So yeah, so it's a, it's a spacecraft that... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, uh, Landon just kissed someone. <laughs> um, anyway. It wasn't me. <laughs> It was just a friendly little kiss on the hand. Anyway. <laughs> Brought us cookies. <laughs> the Voyager spacecraft was this satellite that NASA sent out to, I think its main mission was to explore like the outer planets of the solar system. Mm, okay. And then NASA said, you know what? Let's just send it as far away as possible. Like just to send it. And so what they did, they sent it for the boys, one could say. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they put this golden record player on it. So, of course, you know, it's obviously from the 70s. But it has, like, a drawing, like, Leonardo da Vinci's drawing, right, of, like, a human, right? Oh, yeah. And it has, like, all sorts of, um, like, so- sounds of the Earth. It has, like, waves. It has, um, like, whale sounds, all sorts of, like, sounds of what Earth sounds like, uh, along with coordinates of where we are in the universe. 
Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> and the interesting thing is, is, is just what we want. I can't. That. I can't remember who the president was at the time. I want to say it was Nixon. Um, it's par for the course. What did I say? The Challenger spacecraft? No, that's not Voyager. Right. Voyager. Was he giving these to us, or yes. just putting them? No, there? he was giving those to us. Okay. Eat. <laughs> um. Anyway, which is interesting is there's a and then every, there's like a statement that was written out that um, is translated into like every language within the UN, basically. Hmm. Um, but the thing is, I don't think aliens would be able to decipher that. Mm. Like they'd have to. Arrival. Yes, exactly. That's I think another good movie. A great movie. I think it's accurate of how we would communicate because mm-hmm. their language would be so different than ours. Anyway, <clears throat> and so they, they basically discovered that they could mathematical principles should be the same from what we understand of physics and stuff. And so that's what they used to basically communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Hmm. Smart. But then we run up into what I believe is the greatest um, obstacle in intelligent life or any life having visited Earth which is just the, the mechanics and the physics of traveling through space. Mm. We sent out the Voyager spacecraft, and it's going, to take, it's going to take a really long time to reach even the nearest planets within our solar system. If we're talking getting to other possibly habitable planets, it's multiple lifetimes. If we're talking about getting mm-hmm. to probable mm-hmm. habited planets, it's much farther. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I think, too, like, if... <laughs> <laughs> If, like, I was an alien, and all of a sudden this spacecraft showed up, and there's a record on it, I would have no idea what to do with that. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what to do with it now if a record fell into my hands. <laughs> mm. Play it backwards. But, okay. It okay. <laughs> also, you're just thinking, though, of conventional, like, space travel methods. I'm thinking of physics. But there are other... <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. They're, they're exploring other ways of traveling. So, interstellar travel... They think it's possible. Well, it's always... Would you like me to tell you a way? Yes, please. <laughs> I want yes, to tell us on I the YouTube video. You want to tell us okay. a way. I so, want to hear it. Stephen Hawking apparently donated like all of this money to um, fund this, but I wrote it down. Oh man. Okay, so they they're using lasers to send probes to the nearest star. Hang on, don't. Not just it. Okay, and um. They can travel at 25% of the speed of light. That's a lot. So that they could get to the nearest star in 20 years. And by conventional methods, um, that would take 165,000 years. So if there's some way, like, that, that's something, I think. Well, what did you say? I think there are methods. I think that there are other ways of travel that we just don't comprehend. Well, do you think we're ever going to use, like, the hypersleep that you see in movies where somebody mm. sleeps for, like, the whole time and like, they mm. don't age? Maybe. I think it's too I could see dangerous. It. Is that even possible? They did it on The Martian. <laughs> well, okay. So far, <laughs> so far, I don't think any humans have been put into cryosleep for any um, significant period of yeah. time in the world. Did you hear about that oh, rumor yeah. that Walt Disney was what? frozen? Yeah. No. I it's just a rumor. But it's a cool rumor. It's a cool rumor. It's creepy. That is creepy. You know, I heard another theory, though, that, like, they could just repopulate in space. Like, Wait, their what? kids, like, they could just, you could travel through space. And For they, indefinite periods of time. Yeah, like, <clears throat> if you just keep having kids, their descendants will reach another place. Those are referred to as uh, That seems like desperate measures research. to me, but. That, hey, 
honestly sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. But I just think that you get, like, the ethics with the hidden Like, no it. one would do it. Yeah. Ha- we have to be in a... Well, actually, I don't know if no one would do it. Because... That's, have you um, heard of, like, the people who volunteered to, like, go on Mars and just never come back? Like, NASA was, like... They, wow. So they're, like, working on their Martian program, hmm. right? Not a sponsor of NASA. Not a sponsor. And um, they asked for <laughs> volunteers um, of people who'd be willing to go up there and, like, help build the colony... But then they don't have the technology or the fuel to get back. Oh. And they got, like, thousands and thousands of applicants. Like, a ton of people really? wanted to do it. But, yeah, it is different, though, like, when you're bringing kids into it who don't. Like, they'll never know what Earth is like. They'll never yeah. know the filling of grass underneath their feet. They'll never know the warmth of sunshine on the back of their necks. They'll never <laughs> they, know. Well, they can bring Daydreaming <laughs> into the sky and looking at the fluffy clouds. Oh, look at the stars. They'll be way cooler. Yeah. 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 There, there are several... <laughs> Options that have been put forward for travel like that, um, the cryosleep, the option of just sending a ship with uh, a generational ship where you have the mm-hmm. great, great, great grandkids of the original settlers. Um, yeah. I've even heard of just sending like robots with the means to create humans once they get there, to clone humans. Oh. There's, oh. A lot of, there's a lot of conventional methods of space travel, but we always get to the point where you just can't accelerate an object that large, close enough to the speed of light, to make it in any sort of reasonable time. And you're talking about lasers. I think communication with other intelligent beings is a lot more likely than actual visitation. Um, I heard that... Um, where are they going with this? <laughs> um, where are they going? Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Speed of light. Yes, I heard... So, I've never taken really physics before in my life. Bless you. Thank you. So, I don't really understand how it works. But I heard that, like, a solid object will never be able to reach the speed of light. The fastest we've seen the solid object was called, like, the God Particle, I think. Mm. And it actually came over the Utah desert. Shout out to Utah. Woo! Um, And it was traveling, like, (laughs) 99.8%. The speed of light, I think. Uh-huh. I think that's the fastest recorded speed of a, like, I don't know, physical, tangible object mm-hmm. growing that fast. So, like, because what, so light is a particle, right? Like, it's not physical matter. Right. Light has uh, right. no mass. Light. Yeah, mass, mass. There it is, mass. So, I don't know, that's the, that's the problem. How do you solve the problem of getting something with mass to achieve the speed of something that can only be traveled without mass? Um, you don't. Magic. As it gets up. Harry the, Potter! The mass, the mass increases as you get closer to the speed of light, increases the amount of energy needed to propel it further, and it's just, it folds in on itself. It's impossible, I think. At least within any reasonable time period for us to figure it out. I think wormholes are a much more likely option. Ooh. I think that there are other options. I think, though, that, I think that in, there could be more intelligent societies that just... Better. Solve the problems of conventional space travel. Yes. Here's what I think. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> First off, we're carbon-based life forms. Maybe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll concede that one. <laughs> so I think that if we're like talking about communication with aliens, if we're talking about experimentation with aliens, if we're talking about getting to aliens, it's all based on our knowledge of what a carbon-based life form is. Mm-hmm. So what if... A, what if they're, A, their carbon-based life form is not how we are, right? How we, what if we only understand like 50% of what a carbon-based life form is and how it works and they're the other 50%? Or B, what if they're not even a carbon-based life form? 
there's been a lot of talk of like silicon based life forms mm-hmm. that would be able to survive on many planets or stars outside of our Goldilocks zone. outside of our Goldilocks zone right and so I think that what if we just are thinking of it in the wrong way we just need to think outside the box in a different way and so I think that's maybe the same way as space travel is we're only thinking about mm-hmm. how space travel could work for us for our types of species oh so yep. theoretically what if there's a, like a sentient particle that's close to like a like cloud like a, an anamorphic cloud, like cloud. Like <laughs> alright I know it's we're going for an hour. Uh, we call it a special. This is so fun. I'm sorry that you are <laughs> listening to this. I don't know. Can, yeah. I, I love talking about super hypothetical things. I know. I think it's, it's so frustrating. It's fun. Yes, it's so fun. There's just no yeah. good answer. And so it's just fun to discuss possibilities. <laughs> I think I've put forth some good answers. Yeah, debatable. If there was an alien, if like, I mean, would you be excited? I think I'd be really weirded out. And I don't know if I'd recognize if the importance of what came. happened. An alien came? I heard this thing that said um, if an alien came and we made like contact with the species, that our whole like way we measure time would be changed. Mm. So like right now, our whole time scale is sort of 2019, which is 2019 years since the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. But if, if we like came into contact with intelligent alien life, then we would change it to like the date that we met these aliens. Wow. Like that's how important of a discovery it would be. It would. Because it would radically change... Everything we know about the universe. Well, heck, crazy. the odds that their mm-hmm. planet is on the same time schedule as ours is just impossible. They have different years, days. Oh, no, no. Yeah, of course that. I'm thinking on Earth, how we would, like, count time. Okay, just for us personally, not necessarily in relation. Yes. We have to set up some sort of intergalactic time. Would we? Absolutely. I think if we wanted to. Well, how would then the whole problem, wow. like... Supply and demand. Like, how do you, like, how do you, why do you put McDonald's on an alien planet? You know what I'm saying? I like, think they would do it pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think there would be a Starbucks there three days we after we found them. We feed him a Big them. Mac. Oh my gosh. Here's also they what I might consider that an act of war. Is, <laughs> seriously, if an alien came down to Earth and said, take me to your leader, who would you take them to? Because there's no, like, one world leader. Nelson. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. President. You take him to Trump? No, I don't know. I'll take him to the UN. I'll take him to Mike. The Pence. UN? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Curtis has a thought. Curtis is back. Everyone, Curtis is back. Finished putting away his groceries and has rejoined us. <laughs> and he's decided to chat. In the studio. He, he's whispering because he has a thought, but we all know he has a thought. <laughs> Thorne nearly the best, Kurt. I concur that you take them to the United Nations. Thank you. I don't have a lot of respect for you. I think I would take I an know. opportunity to solidify my own power. <laughs> I would declare. I am the leader. I am the leader, and then I'll see what they can offer me. Oh my god! <laughs> just trolling them the whole time. <laughs> Psych! I don't have any power at all. It's a good way to get vaporized. <laughs> oh my! Holy gosh! Oh, I love this so much. Well, this is a good discussion, everyone. It's a great. Discussion. All right, should we finish things off with maybe one more? One more, one more, one more hypothetical question. Yeah, hypothetical. let's let's go with a slow pitch one. You can just give your opinion and. Wait, what? <laughs> An easy question. Okay. An easy question. What question? Yeah, that's know. the hard part. <laughs> Favorite um, sci-fi movie. <laughs> I'd be down for that. How about this? I can Most. Well, how about this? A two-part question, if you will. Oh. Favorite sci-fi movie, mm. followed by favorite realistic sci-fi movie. I'll start. <laughs> Curtis. Kurt! Big Kurt! Kurt, go! My, woof, woof, woof. 
<laughs> My favorite sci-fi movie is Super 8. <gasps> That's really? such a good movie. It I is. love that movie. Um, you haven't seen any movies. How on earth have you seen the only sci-fi movie I've seen. <laughs> so is it also your Did favorite you realistic? realistic? It's also the scariest movie I've ever seen. So there's three categories covered in one <laughs> the movie. It's scariest. So Curtis's answer? Super 8. <laughs> Both of them. Both yes. Ironically, I've never seen the X Files. Really, I've seen like a couple episodes. It's very, it's very nineties. I bet. All right, Paige. Okay. Um, I really love sci-fi movies, and I think that's why I like Alien so much. Probably. Um, I mean, I love Star Wars. Those are good. Um, but so I also early. really love Interstellar. Interstellar's probably up there. Realistic movie, I think The Martian is really good. And I mean, we're sending astronauts to Mars pretty soon. When? I is hear. it like 2022? I don't actually know when. But so I think that could be, I mean, not too far out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Land dog? Play. <laughs> oh, it's on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's your problem. It's all right. All right, my favorite, um, I'm also a big Star Wars fan, uh, but more more with the books than the movies. I'm a nerd, oh. I'm sorry. I think, though, I'm going to have to go with Star Trek as my favorite. Not the old ones. The new ones with the Chris new Pine? Ones. Yeah, oh. just one and two, though. I really like it because I feel like it's kind of a hypothetical discussion of what we were talking about, which is how do you coexist with aliens? How do you adjust the time year? Wait, what is this called again? Star Trek. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. I don't know why. Come on. I didn't actually, here's the wrong. Have you I, heard of this? I didn't actually hear the name of it when you first said it, so I was trying to catch on it and I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm sorry. Um, realistic, I haven't seen a ton. Um, I want to see Interstellar. That seems cool. You haven't seen For Interstellar? Now, no, I haven't. Landed. I need to watch it. I'll watch it with you guys if you'll let me. But Martian. And Signs. The Martian. I, I love Signs. I've seen Signs. I want to see that. I haven't seen it. Did you well, see The Martian? Yeah. Did you like that? I did it's like good. it. It's good. And I think they tried to make it realistic-ish. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think they did too. Yeah. So final answer, um, the new Star Trek movies are probably my favorite, and Martian seems the most realistic. I love the music in the new Star Trek. <laughs> Like yes. Okay. So I love Interstellar and I love The Martian. And I both think they're pretty... Mm, let me rephrase that. The Martian, I think, is more realistic than Interstellar. But I heard that um, on Interstellar, like the black hole... Spoiler alert. I don't know. If, uh, yeah. I'm not listening. But there's a black hole, right? Oh, there's a black hole. It's not, it's not a spoiler. Okay. Is it? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's a spoiler. <laughs> but you already heard it, so it's too late. <laughs> and basically, so there's this black hole, right? And um, the way they like showed the black hole like, from far away is really accurate of what a black hole actually too. looks like. But they talked to like physicists at like MIT. Mm-hmm. And then, so that movie came out, and then we got our first image of a black hole. And it looks pretty similar to it. Wow. And so I, it just proves that, like, I don't know. I think that's really neat. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Wow. And then, yeah. I think it's really cool. Awesome. 
Uh, well, is there anything else uh, we need to discuss? I think that's good for now. I mean, yeah. let's call this Aliens, Outer Space, and Sci-Fi Part 1 of 5. Part 1 of 5. <laughs> I took those all day long. The five-hour the five hour special. It's just so fun. Awesome. Alrighty, um... Well, thanks for joining us today, for bearing with us on this extra long episode. Um, yeah. Invite, invite the aliens. What? Invite them. Invite them to what? To listen. Earth. Aliens, come to Earth. We love you. We or love you. <laughs> at least listen to the podcast. See what you think of Earth. We come in peace. We are, we are very... Uh, yes. We're peaceful. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. my name is Thomas. Paige. Landon. Curtis. <laughs> and this was Sitting on a Bench. bench.